Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. Something special about this weekend that in my heart is not merely that we commemorate a moment of history, but that we also believe that as we read the book of Acts chapter 2 and we reflect on what God did in a moment of history, pouring out His Holy Spirit upon His church to be His witnesses, that we're asking for God to do it again. I, I believe that the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, and I, I'm sure you've heard His voice over this period of time. But the Lord said to me, you're going to see the revival that you've been praying for. I don't, I don't know when he hasn't given me. The Bible says nobody knows the days or the hours. God doesn't always give us the time of fulfillment. But what he does do is he promises us things. And I've been asking God for an awakening, not just for his people, but for this land. I'm asking God to move in power upon our neighborhood and our nation. And I know you've joined with me in doing that. And during this time, we get stripped down to just the simplicity of, of who we are. We get things taken away from us. And as difficult as that is, one thing it does is cause us to reflect. It causes us to reflect on who has the real power. God has all the power. He has power over all things, and so we don't approach this season powerless. We recognize that God can give us what we need to get his mission accomplished in the world that we live in, in our families in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and in our world. God has what we need, and we look to Him. I want to share with you today, based on a message that is right out of celebrating Pentecost weekend, and it's called Uncontainable. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. You know, as good Pentecostals, that's what we do on Pentecost weekend. We go straight to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to go ahead and pray over our time together in God's Word. Father, we do thank you for your Word. We believe that it's powerful. It transforms our lives. We pray, God, that as we read it today, would you make it fresh to us, make it fresh to me. We need you, Lord. We acknowledge that. We profess that. And not just because things are tense and difficult, but we've always needed you. From the moment that you created the first man and woman, we needed you, and we need you now. We need you to refresh us. We need you to renew us. We need you to bring a revival. God, we need a new Jesus people movement. And I pray, Lord, even right now and in this season that we would see prayers answered. We would see the things that we've been praying for, what we read about in your word, we would see in our own lives. A Jesus people movement in our day and in our age in 2020. And we thank you, Lord, and we come into agreement in prayer that your purposes are greater than anything else, any other narrative, any other story that's going on, any other pitch, and all the other news combined. Your news is the greatest news. And I pray, God, that you would unite us in that very truth, that we would be carriers of your message in a way that would bring life and hope to people all over this community and beyond. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on now. All right. <laughs> As we do look back on Acts chapter 2, we also recognize that the Jewish community prior to Acts chapter 2, that Pentecost, as it were, which simply means 50th or 50 days after is how we reference it, but it means 50th. The Jewish community in the Old Testament would recognize Pentecost not as that name, which is a Greek word where we get this word Pentecost from, but as a, 
as, a, as somebody who would be part of the Hebrew community, they would call it Shavuot. And this would reflect back on 50 days after Passover. The first Passover was during the exodus of Israel out of slavery and bondage to Egypt. 50 days after that, Moses would be in Exodus 20 on Mount Sinai, and he would receive the law from God himself. He would come down from the mountain. He would give that law. He would speak that law to the people of Israel in Exodus 23. This was Shavuot. This was the beginning of God giving the law to Israel. You fast forward, and we understand that Jesus is the Passover lamb. He's the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. And we reflect on his death, burial, and resurrection. Fifty days after the perfect Passover, we read about the day of Pentecost, which is what we're going to read today in Acts chapter 2. This is where 120 believers, in obedience to the words of Jesus, were waiting in an upper room for the promise of the Father to come, which was not merely promised by Jesus, but hundreds and hundreds of years before in the book of Joel chapter 2. And we see that during that time of Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, here we have these 120 believers that are waiting in obedience to God for what He promised, what Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem for. And as they are waiting, we see the Holy Spirit was poured out. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we know that the Bible tells us that God will write the Torah, write the law on our hearts. We would receive a new heart. And so we reflect back on Exodus 20. We understand in context, Acts chapter 2, that this Jewish community was waiting for that very thing to happen. And we see from that moment on, the world was never the same. That God filled and baptized His people with His Spirit to be prophetic witnesses in the world, of which we are a part. And we want to recognize that today, celebrate that, and ask God to do it again. When we open the book of Acts, we are not historians. We're not intellectuals. We are missionaries sent with a plan and the purpose of God Almighty. Christians are not just people that read a book and reflect on it. We are people that carry the very power and presence and purpose of God in the world that we live in. We don't have to go across the world. We just have to live in this world with His purpose. We have His message. We have His ministry. And I love reading Acts chapter 2, and I ask God to do it again. That's what we're doing today. Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8, told his disciples, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the hours. We're always wondering when Jesus is going to come, right? The, the joke that we sometimes say is that we want to repent, right, at the 11th hour. <laughs> I want to know when he's going to come so that I can really, really, really get ready. But God says to us, always be ready. Watch and be ready all the time. And so they ask him this question. He says, it's not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Federal Way, Washington, is my interpretation, reads... Jesus told them that they would be baptized with power. To be baptized means to be immersed, to be covered, to be saturated, to be filled. This gives us a prophetic picture of what we understand in the Old Testament when the anointing would come upon a prophet, a priest, a king, or a judge. And when the anointing came upon them, what we recognize is they were able to do things that previously they could not do. As natural men and women, 
They could not do what God had called them to without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is the power of the Spirit. Listen, God has called us to do things that in the natural we cannot do. We will never be able to accomplish God's will. We will never be able to be bold witnesses of Jesus in this world without his power. And that's what Jesus was telling his disciples. We will be scared. We will be fearful. We will be in our homes. We will stay behind closed doors. But for this to go outside everywhere and anywhere, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is what we need. And Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. And that's exactly what we do, and that's the context for which we read in Acts chapter 2. And here's what it says, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, this is 50 days after Passover, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire, distributing themselves, resting on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together, and they were bewildered. They were amazed, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, why are, the, are all these not Galileans speaking? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, and it goes on and on. Verse 12, and they all continued in this amazement and perplexity. When the Spirit of God is poured out, people do get amazed and people do get perplexed. The onlookers, the observers, they're what is going on, what is happening. That's not a bad thing when people look at the people of God and wonder what is happening. That's not a bad thing. We want the world to see what we're doing and go, what the heck are these guys doing? What is going on with these people? We want the world to be amazed and perplexed again because of the Lord Jesus and what he's doing in our day. What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they're full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice, declared to them, men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words, for these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. That's 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. This is four to 800 years before. Scholars debate how long, how long before that Joel chapter 2 was written. But he quotes Joel chapter 2, and he says, And it will be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. That's Jew and Gentile is what he means there. Not just anybody that doesn't believe, but, but Jews and Gentiles that believe in Jesus. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy your old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will grant wonders in the sky above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and the glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is our desire, isn't it? That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. For them to hear about the name of the Lord, as Romans 10 says, we must preach, we must share, we must live in such a way that Jesus has called us, that every man, woman, young and old, would have an opportunity to name Jesus Christ as Lord, and we shall be saved when we do just that. We reflect here today on the day of Pentecost and the movement that was released by the Holy Spirit that honestly flipped the world upside down. It flipped the world upside down. It started with 120 
it went to 3,000 and went to 5,000, and now there are millions of people that confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Millions of people started with 1,220, 3,000, 5,000. I don't know, I'm not that great without my calculator of multiplication, but I can tell you that's a whole lot of multiplication going on right there. And I want to reflect on that today and say that's just how powerful the message and the ministry of Jesus really is. That today we stand 2,000 years ago looking at a moment of history. This is not some fictitious story that we would do well to kind of encourage each other and pat each other on the back. Ladies and gentlemen, this happened. This is our history. We stand on the history of this very moment and we reflect that God's power then is God's power now. And he's doing today what he's done then. He wants to flip the world upside down for Jesus. As you know, I always have lots of points, three to five, five to ten. I might have 20. I don't know how many points I'm going to have today. I might go off script. I do it all the time. I'm just going to share with you my heart about this passage and the desire for God to do again what we read about here. First, I'm seeing that the disciples position themselves to receive. If we want the day of Pentecost to be repeated, at least what we read about in the power being poured out, look at how they position themselves. The believers were gathered together. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, and they obeyed. I want you to think about that for a minute, that we gather around the word of God. We gather in obedience to the word. When we obey what Jesus says, we will see what Jesus does. And that's exactly what they saw because it's exactly what they did. When we as God's people gather around the word, obey what Jesus says, we can be sure that that is the way to position ourselves properly and to see a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them that they would receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, but it hinged on them waiting in Jerusalem. They were not just to go out and do what they wanted. They were to listen, and they were to obey. Positioning ourselves is something we must not undervalue and underestimate. I played baseball growing up, and if you don't position yourself to catch that ball, Listen, it's going to hit you in the head, okay? You gotta, if you want to receive, you've got to set yourself up properly. And that's what we've got to do today. If we want to receive what God wants to bring into our lives and through our lives, we need to position ourselves ready and waiting and watching and praying and obeying. And this is what the people of God do. There's a lot of other things that we could be doing. There's a lot of other narratives that we could be listening to. There's a lot of other things that we could obey, but when we obey the word, we're gonna see the results of the word. The word works. It always has, it always will. In every generation, there are people that rise up that obey the word of God and they see what God wants to do in the world. They're the people that we're inspired by. They're the people that we read about, the books that we wanna read about. Nobody's interested in those that did other things. We read about them and reflect. I don't wanna be like that. That. But when we read about God's word and we reflect on those that obeyed his word, we want to be like them. We want to be like them. We're inspired by them. They were waiting. They were expecting. They were positioned rightly. The second thing, the disciples experienced supernatural power. Well, that's what we can expect when we position ourselves properly. There was a mighty wind, flames of fire. We got a wind going on right now. God might add his holy flame. I would love that. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? just to see the flame of God. Think about that for a moment. Supernatural flames rested on each person. I don't know if we come expecting that to happen today. We kind of make it, we spiritualize it, but it actually happened. It manifested in the natural. What God was doing in the spirit, they saw in the natural. And let me just tell you the same is true for us. When we pray 
as we did yesterday, as we've been doing throughout this entire pandemic. When we pray, God is not closing his ears to the prayers of his people. I think we're living in a time where people have downplayed prayer, like prayer is not going to do anything. Prayer is passivity. Prayer is inactivity. That's a lie from the devil. When we position ourselves in prayer, we are saying, God, I can't, but you can. You have all the power, and we're yielding to you because we know that you can do something about, what we, about the things that we can do nothing about. People have prayed for years and years. People have prayed in Northwest Church for years. I didn't show up 10 months ago and think, because of what I'm bringing, this church is going to be amazing. No, this church has a history of prayer. This, has a church, this church has a history of missions. This church has a history of the gospel going out, the power of God being made manifest. How many salvations and deliverances and healings have we seen from this church being planted years and years ago? From the people of God that represent Northwest Church, we have seen God pour out his spirit again and again and again. And it's a privilege to stand in this moment, in this time of history, and to say to God, do it again, because we know that's exactly the heart of God. It has not changed. God's mission has not changed. God's message has not changed. His purpose has not changed. His power remains the same, and his people must not change. His people must remain in that proper position saying, God, do again what you have always done. Let's not get distracted. Let's not become distorted. Let's move forward. Let's go after what God is saying and not be ashamed or afraid no matter what comes against us. We've got to remember who we are. We've got to remember what we do because we got to remember what God gives in that place. He gives supernatural power. They had wind, flames of fire. They begin to speak in other languages. They would speak 13 different dialects. Here we have people that were able to hear in their own language because God's supernatural power. How long does it take you and I to learn a language? I'm going to be in the grave before I learn another language. I've tried to learn it. Some of you are bilingual and trilingual. God bless you. I love you. Man, I don't know how you did it, but I've tried and it haven't succeeded. It would take us years in the natural to be able to learn a language. And you know what God does? Supernaturally, bam, 13 languages were given to these Galileans. And there were 13 different dialects. People that heard in their own tongue. Come on, God can still do those kinds of things. And that is a supernatural witness that he is more committed to getting the gospel of Jesus out than we ever will be. And we position ourselves, we recognize supernatural power is available. He baptized them with the Holy Spirit. They experienced his power. Power was evident. Power is always evident. There's evidence of God's manifestation of his power when we're baptized with his spirit, always. Sometimes people ask me, how do I know if I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit? And my answer to that is we just know. God does something. Maybe it's, pro- maybe it's prophecy. Maybe it's another spiritual gift that's released, but it certainly is boldness. And it's tongues. God gives us supernatural language. He gives us spiritual language. And we begin to speak with new tongues. God does this. There are many things that he does when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, but he brings evidence. He desires for his people to know and to see his manifestation among us. He takes our weakness and he turns it in to his mighty witness. All throughout history, I don't know about you, but I love reading about the revivals of old. I love reading about the Wales revival. In fact, uh, over the summer, one of the things I want to do is I want to share not just a sermon series, but every Wednesday at Ignite Gathering after we finish this series and maybe do a couple more things, I, I want to just put together this series of talks 
called Revival, Do It Again. And I want to talk about different revivals and different moments of history where men and women rose up and they just depended on God like their life depended on it because it did. That in their generation, nothing was going to happen and nothing was going to change without prayer and power, without the ministry of God's Spirit affecting real change in the natural because they were believing something in the Holy Spirit. So do it again, Lord. We, we read about these, but we want to experience them. Boldness, healing, deliverance, salvation, signs, wonders, and miracles that attest to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not left to our own intellect. I'm, are, are you grateful for that? I'm not smart enough. I'm not good-looking enough. I'm, not, I, I'm just not enough, but Jesus is enough. The power of the Holy Spirit will always be enough. That's what we recognize today. That's what we reflect on today on the day of Pentecost is that God gave us a mission and we looked back at him and we said, that's impossible. And he said, not if I empower you, it's not. (laughs) I gave you something to do and I knew that there's no way you would accomplish it by yourself. But guess what? I will be with you until the end of the age. What does that mean? I will send to you the precious Holy Spirit and he will help you. The gospel is uncontainable when his power is released. We read also here about how the gospel about how the disciples transition from inside to outside. And this is interesting when you read in verse 6. All of it they're in an upper room, they're waiting in obedience to Jesus. They receive supernatural power and then we don't even know when it happens or how it happens. They were inside and then they were outside. And it's very fitting when I read this passage today. I know We're cold. A couple of you got blankets. I love it. (laughs) We're outside today, but we've got to recognize that God always wanted this to go outside of the building. We see in in history, and I I mean, I've actually reflected a lot on this. I don't know that I should go into it because I get in trouble every time I go off some of the things that I write. But you remember in the 300s when Christianity was mandated by the authorities that be, that was called Catholicism. I get in trouble, all right? But that was mandated, and they set up steeples all over the place, and they adorned them, and they were beautiful, and they were nice, and all of that. All the while, there were people that were struggling and suffering everywhere, all over the place. God has always wanted us to be able to move outside the buildings with the gospel of Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit, and give away what he's given to us. And here's what I recognize during this time. There are many perspectives, there are many opinions, and I allow for the the diversity among us. It doesn't bother me that people feel differently. But what does bother me is that we, we cannot be confused about what we must be united about. We must be united about the gospel. We must be united about the power of the Holy Spirit, that we need him to do in our day what he's always done. We need God in this time. The disciples were inside, now they're outside. Everybody is hearing them, and we want everybody to hear about Jesus, but it's not gonna happen because we remain inside, it's going to happen when we go outside with purpose and with intentionality and with power. That's what happens when the people of God step beyond the threshold of four, the four corners, the four walls of our buildings, of our homes. It's not a secret. It's not private. See, what we do here, what we teach here, and what we pray here must not stay here. And this is what we recognize. And as a church, we have been a missional people. I love walking down the halls where we see about all the mission trips that have happened through Northwest Church. I've walked those halls many times over these last 10 months. And I've looked at the smiles on all the faces, the men, women, and children of all the missions that we've done. And I wasn't a part of any of that, but I feel like I am. 
Because in this moment, I, I'm connected to what we've always done and what we've always been together. And we've done that because we believe in the gospel. And we've done that by the power of God's Holy Spirit. We've gone all over the world together, and that's never going to stop. We are going to go all over the world, and we're going to go all over this community. We're not afraid of that. We're not ashamed of that. We know that the hour is dark, but the gospel shines bright light into every dark place. The power of the Spirit obliterates our fear. These new songs that have come out over the last several years, I'm no longer a slave to fear. There's another song, You Make Me Brave. The reason that we sing this is because it's a prophetic witness to ourselves that we are not afraid, that we're not a slave to fear. We're prophesying over our lives. You know why? Because sometimes we have caved to fear. Sometimes we have not been brave. We have not taken what we've been given and given it away to others. And what we say in moments like these is no more because we know that God's given us enough to go and be those witnesses that he's made us to be. All we have to do is step out, and when we step out, we notice that God gives us what we need. I know that it requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to risk, but he's worth every risk that we would ever take. We also see here the disciples proclaim the gospel with boldness. Verse 14, Peter stands up to proclaim an old prophecy. We said it was 400 to 800 years old or something like that. Peter was a coward before this moment, wasn't he? Peter was afraid. He denied Jesus. You know what changed a coward into somebody that would stand boldly and be a witness? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. When he was filled and baptized with God's Spirit, he no longer was ashamed of Jesus. It doesn't mean he didn't have difficult days. It doesn't mean that he never shied away. It doesn't mean that he was a perfect man from that day forward. But it does mean that he wasn't afraid in that moment to stand up in Jerusalem, by the way. During the Feast of Weeks, with all kinds of buzz and people around everywhere, all kinds of dialects that were spoken, he gets up in the middle of that, unashamed of Jesus, Yeshua, the Deliverer, the Messiah, and he speaks forth the gospel with boldness. And he even convicts the hearts of those that would gladly put Jesus to death on the cross. That's what happens for us. We're no longer slaves to fear. He makes us brave, but he does it by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we read the book of Acts, we see that people are saved because of those that preached. Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 17, on and on. As the believers preached the good news of Jesus Christ, what we see is that many were saved. Spiritual gifts were released again and again. Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, on and on and on. In fact, you could make a case that almost every chapter in the book of Acts is filled with prayer, preaching, prophecy, and spiritual gifts being released because that's what the power of God does. Supernatural manifestations, signs, wonders, and miracles attested to the gospel. And you know what? I believe that when we preach the gospel of Jesus, signs, wonders, and miracles come. I, I told everybody on Wednesday at the Ignite Gathering, I hear this all the time, why isn't there more power in the church? And if you read the 40 different miracles, healings, deliverances, only two of them were done in the synagogue. Now, I know that we're not a synagogue. I know that Buildings may not represent the same thing, but I wonder if so, so, so often we are not seeing the power released because we're not asking for the power to go beyond the threshold of the building and the property. I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I believe that as we believe for our community, as we believe for our lives, as we believe for our families and our neighborhoods, it's not just who we're believing in, it's as we're believing in, what are we believing for? 
We're believing for the transformation of our family. We're believing for the salvation of souls. We're believing for the healing of bodies. I was reading this morning in Matthew chapter 8, if you're following our reading plan. If you're not, you certainly can. You certainly can. If you don't have a reading plan, I have one for you. I do today. Gladly disciple you, right? Why? Why do I say all that? Because I believe everybody needs to have a plan. If we don't plan to read, we won't. I just know it. Matthew chapter 8, the centurion comes to Jesus and he talks about his servant that is lame and, and sick. He's, he's at the house and the centurion's far away from the home and he says, will you come to Jesus? He says, will you come and heal my servant? And Jesus, he agrees, I will come. And he says, you're not even, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my home. He, he kind of has this sense of unworthiness like, I know who you are and I know who I am. I'm not worthy for you to step into my house and and Jesus was amazed and marveled because the centurion said, all you got to do is speak the word. That's all you got to do. And Jesus was amazed. I, I just wrote down today, like, what would it be like to have the kind of faith that brings that amazement to Jesus? Are we, are we living in that kind of faith? I, I, want, I just wrote down in my journal, I want to live in a way that Jesus would be amazed at my faith. You know what? Times like this, moments like this, we do strange things, and this is an act of faith, what we're doing right now. Gathering together in the strange ways that we are and doing what we can as we band together. These are acts of faith. They're not wasted at all. Jesus was amazed because the centurion knew what he could do, and he professed it, he confessed it in that moment. And Jesus said, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. I want him to say that for our church. Is that too much? <laughs> I want Jesus to say, I've never seen faith like that in any church. To believe for the community to be saved, set free, delivered, healed. Jesus, before that, he touched a, a leprous man. The leprous man said, if you're willing, would you make me clean? And Jesus said, I'm willing. And he touched him. You know, we need to, you know what we need today? We need the touch of Jesus. We need the touch of Jesus is what we need. Right now, we can't touch anybody, you know? But you know what we can have? We can have the touch of Jesus. We need the touch of Jesus, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That's what we need today. Christians need to rise up and be filled with God's Spirit, unashamed of the gospel again. And I'll admit to you, I haven't always lived in that. I haven't been perfect in that. But I'm asking today with you, that he would fill us, that he would flow through us, that rivers of living water would flow out of our innermost being. I'm not saying that because I want to do so as a Pentecostal. I'm saying because we need God to move. We need God to move today in our times. We stop reflecting back to the Jesus people movement, to the revivals of old. We need a revival right now. We need a movement right now. And not just to satisfy or to quell the the difficulties that we're facing, but to get to the very inside of a man or a woman, to replace the old heart with a new heart, to write the law on our hearts, to give us power to show that Jesus rose from the dead and he's alive and well and he's right here and he's right now ministering to people everywhere. But we haven't recognized him. So many around the community have not recognized him and not us. <laughs> Activate us, God, in your power. Let's pray today. And I want to just say, if you have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit, today's the day, the day of Pentecost. 
right there in your home, right here on this property, right there in your car, if you've never been baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit to be a prophetic witness of Jesus, you can pray. And all you got to do is ask Him. Ask Him in faith. Expect for Him to give to you what He promises. This is not our plea. It's His promise. Father, we thank You right now that You would come among us in Your healing and revealing power right into all of our homes on this property, those of us that are sitting here, those of us that are in our cars. We're one family, and we ask, Lord, for those that have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, would you come and fill us with your Holy Spirit today? Would you release your power in our lives? Would you release your power in our bodies? Bring healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. Give us boldness, Lord, the ability to prophesy, to speak with new languages, spiritual languages, to speak in tongues, to be the missionaries of Federal Way and beyond that you've called us to be. If that's you and you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, just ask him. Put out your hands to him and say, Lord, would you baptize me with your Holy Spirit? I've not experienced that. I've not received that, but I need that. I need to be filled. We properly position ourselves right here and now. We ask you to baptize us in power. Power to be like Jesus. Power to be a witness unto Jesus. If you have already been baptized with the Holy Spirit, let's ask for more. If you're sitting here, would you stand with me today as I close? Let's pray with hands lifted to God right now for the power of His Spirit to come upon us. He knows what we need. Father, we thank You in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that You would pour out Your Holy Spirit upon us. We are standing as intercessors for our community. We're not asking for power for ourselves. We're asking for power for our home and for our neighbors and for our neighborhoods and for our workplaces, that we would be prophetic witnesses, unashamed, release the gifts of the Holy Spirit, release deliverance and power and healing through our lives, release a boldness to share about Jesus like never before. We ask for your power. We give you our excuses. We give you all of that. But who we are, that we could be witnesses. You made us all unique. Now use us in the way that you choose. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, empower me. Those of you in your home, join us. Just lift out your hands to God and ask Him for a fresh baptism of His power. Ask Him for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to release spiritual gifts in your life. Ask Him to release the fruit of the Holy Spirit where you've experienced the opposite of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. There's no law against that. The work of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. There's so many waiting on the other end of our obedience, but we need power if we're going to obey. Holy Spirit, come. We need you, and we ask for you to move in our lives. We thank you right now. And I just pray that you would touch some of us right here in our cars, on this property, and in our homes. Touch our bodies for healing power. Evidence your power among us by healing. We ask for that today. Heal us. Cause us to rise up that our bodies would be physically strong and strengthened. I pray for divine healing and divine health over Northwest Church as a community, that we would experience it like no other time like we read about in the days of old, that we would experience divine health. I pray that over our community every day, and we pray together as your people right now, that we would experience divine health. And as we touch other people, it would be as though you touch them. 
We're not afraid of your heavenly touch, Lord. In fact, we ask for it. We thank you today. Let the rivers of living water be released in our life. Let us never be the same. Let us see a Jesus people movement like never before in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, amen. Yes. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.